This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Brewers on Tap. Welcome to episode number 61 of Brewers on Tap. I'm Lane Grindle. It is good to have you with us for this week's edition of the podcast. A lot coming your way. We're going to sit down and talk to former Brewer and Fox Sports Wisconsin analyst Jerry Augustine. He's part of the pre- and post-game shows for Fox Sports Wisconsin. We're going to get his thoughts on some of the pitching uh, from the crew so far in 2016. And we're going to talk to Brewers prospect Nash Walters. Plus, what are the playoff chances of the double-A Biloxi Shuckers and the Class-A Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. We'll set that all up for you as well here on the podcast. Let's look at what this past week has brought for the crew. We last talked to you on Wednesday of last week, and on Wednesday the crew finished up a three-game sweep of the Colorado Rockies. And uh, things were looking up on this homestand. That was the front part of this homestand. Then a four-game series with the Pirates in the middle of the homestand. That didn't go as well. The Pirates sweeping all four games of that series, but Orlando Arcia did get into the power game a little bit. Jared Hughes on for Vogelsong, and the pitch, Arcia sends it to left center and deep, get up, get up, get out of here and gone for Orlando Arcia. A three-run home run is first in the big leagues. The Brewers are on the board, and uh, no doubt about that one. And they're right back in it. Then the Cardinals came to town and won a back-and-forth affair on Monday night that ended with a Cardinals 6-5 win. And on Tuesday night, the Cardinals coming out with another victory. One move made on Tuesday, the Brewers outright at third baseman Will Middlebrooks to AAA Colorado Springs after activating him from the 15-day disabled list. And Junior Guerra will be back soon. He'll be getting the start on Friday night in Pittsburgh. And now this week in Brewers history. A couple of cycles for you. September 3rd, 1976, Mike Hegan hits for the cycle at Detroit, becoming the first Brewers player to accomplish this feat. And... September 3rd of 2011, George Kateris becomes the seventh Brewer ever to hit for the cycle in an 8-2 win on September 3rd, as we just told you, at Houston. So September 3rd's been a good day. It's coming up in a couple of days. That's been a good date for the Brewers to hit for the cycle. Let's break it down. We're joined now by Jerry Augustine, former Brewer, and of course you see him on Fox Sports Wisconsin covering the Brewers all season long as well. Augie, it's always good to see you. How are you? Great to be with you, Lane. It's always fun anytime you're at the ballpark. Well, this has been obviously a kind of a fun year from the standpoint of seeing young guys um, come up, get their opportunities, try to develop. And we've seen some of the younger guys that maybe have been here a little bit also develop 
and and have their their trials over the course of the season as well. So, you know, I think we've learned some things about this pitching staff this year. What 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 has stood out to you about 2016 so far on the mound? I think consistency of continuously working to get better. I think anytime when you talk about Craig Council, what he said, the pitching staff was going to be the strength of this ball club. And all of a sudden, halfway through the year, you get rid of your setup man and your closer, and they still are able to keep up that good versatility and be strong in the bullpen. Starting staff starting to come around and learn things. And it's really fun to see a guy like Zach Davies, who's not a guy who comes in with the 96, 97 mile an hour fastball, but really finds a good way to understand pitching, goes out and understands what he has to do, has the good knowledge, and is successful. We always hear the term pitchability with, with pitchers, and I always think of Zach Davies when I, when I think of that term. Explain that for our listeners, you know, what that means and, and, and why you can be so effective even if you aren't throwing 97. Well, I think the first thing with Zach, he understands himself and the style he is, and, you know, we've seen it with the way he throws the ball. When he pitches the ball, he now knows in his delivery that when he releases the ball, the pitches come out of the same, same spot, that the release point is the same. When you have the same release point, you can throw multi-pitches. It makes it difficult, number one, for the hitter to pick up, and number two, you can use more versatile pitches. I think the second thing he's learned, he's learned that, you know, when you stay down in the zone, when you can dominate the bottom half of the zone and pitch up and in and out when you want to, you can be very successful. But you still have to stay aggressive. It doesn't make any difference whether your fastball is 91 or it's 97. You still have to stay aggressive in the strike zone. He's learned that. He's taken it, and he's really built the way he pitches each and every game like that. And it's really been a fun experience to watch. You've obviously coached this game a lot in your life, um, and, and you, you, you're on the mound. You've done it yourself. You know, you talk about missing and, and your misses being small misses, but also missing down. And, and I think that's been something that every young pitcher has to learn when they come up. Yeah, they do. You know, everybody's a little bit different. You know, we see guys, that, and we saw Carlos Martinez the other night. This guy is a barn burner. He can throw the ball 97, 98. He can get away with different pitches right. in different spots. But when most of the guys in the big leagues, I don't care who you are, but if you throw 93 or less than that, you really have to learn how to locate your ball. We look at Willie Peralta. Now, Willie's more of a mechanical type situation, but even with Willie, his release point and when his direction coming to the mound is so important that when he's come up from the minor leagues now, did he make a lot of changes? No. Was it big changes that we see every day on the mound? No. It's just something small mechanical. Now, now really helps him release that ball in the same spot, gets him on top of the ball, and really makes him nice, free, and easy so he can locate the ball better. And now you see him doing that. Now he just has to build on that. It can't come up here and just say, I'm done. I've had a couple great outings. I'm going to move on. This is where you start building from, and it's going to, it's going to be interesting to see how Willie goes on from here the rest of the season. And Willie's body language has looked better this time around. It seems like this is a guy that's a man on a mission. He took that uh, move when he got sent down to Colorado Springs and really used it as motivation to get himself back here and be a better pitcher. That's that's the way at least it looks his first couple times through. Yeah, he's more aggressive in the strike zone. I, I you know it comes with confidence. Anything you do in life, I, no matter whether we're up in the booth talking about a game, you still have to have the confidence that what you're going to say pertains to the game and that people are going to enjoy what we, t- we talk about. But the same thing goes on the mound. When you go out there, that concentration of being able to locate, and when you locate that pitch in a certain spot, you're going to have success with it. And confidence really is a big thing because it relaxes you, number one, and number two, it allows you to get out and really extend on the ball, and it makes you throw a more purposeful pitch. So uh, when I see guys like Willie and I see some of the guys the way they've done in the bullpen now, you you look at uh, what Tyler Thornburg's done. Just fantastic. But Tyler Thornburg, Thornburg has a lot of confidence. He knows that if he makes the pitches in the spots, he's going to be successful, and he just goes out and does it. 
What, what do you make of the uh, the the Junior Guerra story? I mean, we haven't seen him in almost a month. We're going to see him obviously on Friday night in Pittsburgh, but um, the way he's been able to not just work himself into the rotation, but really be dominant and, and and be the most consistent starting pitcher probably over the course of this year for the Brewers. You know, when he came up, everybody heard about the split finger change, and it is it's a nasty pitch when you can command it on. So when it's a little hard on the arm at times, and and that it can tire out an arm a little bit. But when Junior Guerra came up, really he was throwing great fastballs. His fastball was ninety four to 95 and he was locating it very well uh, I was really impressed with his fastball before I was impressed with the split finger to be honest with you because he was locating it so well then all of a sudden you see that good hard breaking ball that he commands for strike so now we have two pitches that he throws in a strike zone now he could throw the pitch up and throw the split finger down and let it go down that's a very very tough to pitch or he can throw his fastball down and come with the split finger after it and still goes down so his way of going about his job and pitching the way he uses a split finger to change to go with it is really been what has made him the great pitcher that he has this year because he uses it and he incorporates it the same way by where he locates the pitches with his fastball earlier in the counts. You already mentioned the success the bullpen's had this year, and uh, you know we've seen Corey Knable uh, come back up and, and look better this, this last time up. Uh, obviously still young guys, still learning, and I think we forget that sometimes with some of these guys, but uh, th- there's, some, there's some potential there for the back part of that bullpen, even with Jefferson Smith moving on obviously we've seen it from Thornburg as well but uh, I, I think that the thing that has stood out to me about the bullpen is the ability to, to uncover some gems out there. You know, Carlos Torres wasn't even with this team in spring training, and look at the role that he's had on this team. It's really been fun to see that group come together. Well, you see, you know, when Craig Council took over the, over the team last year, I think the one thing he was looking at the bullpen is they know K-Rod was not going to be around. That was something that was going to happen. So what he wanted to do is he wanted to build a team, not just in the bullpen, but on the on the playing field and then with starting staff that's very versatile and I think that's one thing is that he went out and got arms and he said you know what everybody's involved it's just not one guy yeah we do have a closer we do have a kind of a setup guy but you still want those guys to know that in the situations if it's right he can use anybody and I think that instilled confidence in our in our pitchers that you know what First of all, he's going to give us an opportunity. He's never going to get down. He's going to use us wisely. We're all going to be in the right routine. When you get, you take all those factors and you add it in there, uh, I think it really builds confidence not only in just one person, but it builds it in a whole staff. And I think that's a compliment to Craig, the way he went about it from spring training, saying we're versatile, we're all good, we're all going to get the opportunity. I need everybody to perform. It's just not one guy. I need everybody. Obviously, we're knocking on the door to September, and there's a chance we may see some guys come up at some point over the course of this month. Um, remains to be seen how many guys and, and what kind of roles they'll be asked, but um, that, that could be fun to see some of these young guys get some opportunities. I don't, I don't know that we're going to see a ton of guys get, get up here, but maybe one or two get some opportunities. Yeah, you know, the guy I'm interested in is Josh Hader. Yeah. Uh, left-handed, I'm left-handed. Well, what else is new? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I say he's more like a Madison Bumgarner. I think the way he throws the ball is the way the bar, arm gets away from his body a little bit. I see a lot more Madison Bumgarner than a Chris Sale. Yeah. I think Chris Sale kind of tucks the ball in a little bit, has great movement on But I'll take either one of them yeah. uh, if he can come up but you know this is a kid who's gone down he's done everything they want him to do will they bring him up that's remaining to be seen but uh this guy would be fascinating to see i think he's got a great future uh, i think they got some guys at brinson the kid they just signed hitting like 600 and myers these are guys they want to see and our fans in, in milwaukee are i'll tell you what we drew over two million people with, with a team that's not as below 500 we are that is 
outstanding for an area like Milwaukee to draw those fans. What do they love? They love the future. They love what Craig Council brings. They love what the way David has gone out and David Stern has gone out and gotten his players and done what he said, and he's really lived up to it. So you take David Stearns, you add Matt Arnold to the program, and then you got you got the coaches, all educators. I tell you, Bill's for something very solid. It's going to be interesting to see it from here, from here on the rest of the year. Should be fun, Augie. We appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Oh, in any time. Our thanks to Jerry Augustine for joining us on the podcast this week. And now we take a look at the Brewers minor leagues. Checking in on the farm. Well, as we look down on the farm, big news is double-A Biloxi and Class A Wisconsin in their quest to try and claim a spot in their respective leagues postseason. Wisconsin is currently tied with Burlington for the wildcard spot in the Midwest League with six games remaining for the T-Rats and they own the tiebreaker over Burlington. The Shuckers are four and a half games out of their division, but they still have a shot at a wild card if Pensacola can win the second half crown in the South Division of the Southern League. Blue Wahoos won the first half, and winning the second half would open the door for the team with the next best overall record. Pensacola is a half game back of Mississippi for the second half lead, while the Shuckers are a half game in front of the Braves for the next best overall record. It's a little bit confusing. Lucky enough for Biloxi, they play Mississippi at a five-game series to wrap up the regular season, so they'll have plenty of control of their own destiny. Staying on the topic of Biloxi, Taylor Youngman was named the Southern League Pitcher of the Week. Eight scoreless innings in his lone start last week. He also collected the win on Monday night on the mound for the Shuckers as well. His teammate Brandon Woodruff has continued to roll. Woodruff on Monday night went seven scoreless. Actually, that was a complete game because they played a doubleheader, so they played two seven-inning games, and he struck out 10 in that effort. In Helena, the H Brewers are 15-23 and 23 in the Pioneer League, and one of their young arms, Nash Walters, has seen the struggles in the hitter-friendly league. However, Walters, exciting young arm to watch in the coming years in the Brewers organization, and I had a chance to chat with him in Helena at the end of July. Nash, um, let's start with you know, your journey to this point. Of course, a third-round draft pick last year. Um, still a young guy, but uh, here you are in Helena. It's got to be kind of wild being an 18-year-old, now 19-year-old out there playing professional baseball, I'm sure. Oh, it is. It's very surreal. Um, it's a great opportunity, though, to get to be able to do what I want for a living, do something that I love. Uh, it's just amazing to come out here every day and get to play baseball. So, What are some of the things that you've experienced in your first two years of pro ball you know, that have, that have been grow-up grow moments, you know, being, being out on your own for the first time? Uh, a lot of rough outings, a lot of stuff to, to deal with on, on the field and off, uh, great learning moments, um, just stuff to really help me develop through, through this process. How hard is that? Because, you know, you're a third-round pick. You're used to basically enjoying nothing but success. And you know, and everybody tries to prepare you for it, but it's hard to be prepared for that you're going to have struggles and you're going to have growing pains when you get into professional ball. How hard is it to kind of slow yourself down, not get too caught up in that, and just continue to focus on the process and getting yourself better, regardless of how the last outing might have been? It's pretty difficult. It's one of those where you just got to learn from it that night and then move on. The next day, you just completely forget about it. You learn from it, and by the end of the night, you just say whatever. You move on, get ready for the next five days. How has your confidence grown You know, as you've made this move up to Helena from Arizona? Um, as you said, some tough outings, but at the same time, 
I'm sure there's individual moments within there where you say, all right, I made that pitch, I executed this pitch in that spot. How do those help you kind of get ready for the next start? Well, confidence-wise, when I get to make those make those good pitches or get a good out, it helps tremendously. Um, helps me focus on the next, next guy up. Um, helps me throughout the week uh, get ready for that next start. So. Let's go through your preparation in between starts. You know, what are the things you do to get yourself prepared, both physically and mentally? Physically, we lift uh, weights twice, twice a week before a, a start. We do some conditioning. We do some uh, preparation mentally. Um, throw a bullpen two days after our start, and then the next two days we do a little touch and feel, getting ready to get back on the mound uh, five days. Last Every five days. Year, last year after you were drafted, you got a chance to do the whole Miller Park experience. What was that like, meeting Craig Council and, and being around the club? Man, it was something I'll never forget. Just a, a great opportunity to be able to go up there and meet all the, the guys that we look up to and that eventually we want to be like. So it was great. Does it serve as motivation for you a little bit? It does. You see those guys and you just picture yourself up there every day. And it's just great motivation to be able to to come out here and try to do the best you can every day. When was it that you knew baseball was going to maybe be something you could do as a career? Was there a light that went on at some point you said, hey, I'm pretty good at this. This could be something. Um, I've always wanted to. I never thought I'd be able to. And about two or three days before the draft, I got a call saying that I'd be able to and just changed my whole world. Um, Nash, you're, you're, you're a Texas kid, so you know you're kind of used to the the open range so to speak and and, and obviously Montana's quite a ways from Texas but there's probably some similarities in some ways isn't there uh a little bit you get to go out and go mudding like uh like I did yesterday and uh it's just great country to be in go fishing every chance I get go exploring every off day there's never a dull moment thank you Nash we appreciate it thank you our thanks to Nash Walters for joining us here on Brewers on Tap Coming up uh, in the next couple of days, we'll find out if there's any guys in the Brewers system that are going to get September call-ups, so keep an eye on that. Here's what's on tap with the Brewers. All right, here's the big thing that's on the horizon for the Brewers, and this is a cool thing. If you're a fan, I would, I would strongly encourage you to pay attention and maybe try to get involved in this if you can. Uh, this was just announced on Tuesday morning. It's the Brewers' give-back game, and uh, this is going to be uh, Sunday, September 25th, the final home game of the season for the Brewers. It's against the Reds. It's at 1.10 p.m. For the first time in franchise history, the Brewers are going to donate nearly all ticket proceeds from their game to four local charities, the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Milwaukee, the MAC Fund, Midwest Athletes Against Childhood Cancer, Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin, and the Wisconsin Humane Society. Now, tickets for the September 25th game are not available for purchase as they traditionally are, so pay attention to this. Instead, fans will be able to get tickets by going to brewers.com slash giveback and naming their own ticket price. The minimum price is 10 bucks. All proceeds from their purchase will be donated to one of the four participating charities. Tickets are made available by level and distributed on a first-come, first-served basis, beginning with field level, then on to loge level, club level, etc. Fans can get the best seats in the house, for a great price, all while helping local causes. Now, while each ticket can be purchased for a non-deductible minimum donation of $10, 
fans can elect to pay more to support their char charity. So a drop-down menu will allow fans to pay up to $50 per ticket with all proceeds still going to that charity. For donations of greater than $50, fans may call 414-902-4000. Another drop-down menu on the purchase page will allow the fans to select the charity that they want their ticket proceeds to go to of the four that were designated. So that's going to be really cool. That'll be a nice way to end the season here at home at Miller Park on September 25th with everybody giving back to some great charities, doing some great work in the community. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Brewers on Tap. We thank you for listening. We'll be back with you with another edition, episode number 62 coming your way next week. I'm Lane Grindle. Have a great week, everyone. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.